True Connections is a journey within to discover that you are part of everything. Life can often feel disjointed, but you and I are actually connected to one another, to nature, to animals, and many other ways like your thoughts, intentions, dreams, even your imagination. It's my desire to bring spiritual insight to these true connections so that you can get into the flow of life, receive the things that you want without struggle, and enjoy a more constant level of happiness. I am Weston Jolly, your host. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is entitled Reflections. Before we go one more minute, I want to let you know why there's been a pause in the um, consistency of my podcast. And of course, it has everything to do with the pandemic. Back in March, actually March 11th, I made a transition from doing podcasts to doing teleconferences. Now, some of you know that because you've been joining us there, but maybe some of you don't. And so if you go to my website at westonjolly.com, If you type into the search bar, or you can go into Google too, you can type in the name of the teleconference, which is 60 Minutes of Truth in Uncertain Times. Now, previously, that teleconference was being offered every Wednesday, and we've done 26 of them, of which they've all been recorded, meaning they're there for you to listen to, which is the whole point of why I'm sharing this. So if you go to westonjolly.com under events, or again, 60 Minutes of Truth in Uncertain Times, you'll see in that page that there's a whole list, as in 26 different recordings that you can listen to. And the reason I wanted to start there is because, well, it gives you kind of an explanation of why I've been (laughs) MIA with regards to podcasting, but we're coming back to that, meaning that's something I want to return to. And in addition, we're not going to give up the uh, doing the teleconferences. All I'm going to do is make a shift and offer the teleconference, which is, again, 60 Minutes of Truth in a certain times, the first Wednesday of every month. So go to my website, hit events, and you'll see when the next teleconference is, and of course, all the instructions on how to join us. So here we are, taking an opportunity to reflect. In this moment, with the moment that you really see yourself as you are, you are enabled. You know, disempowerment comes as a result of choosing to see yourself not as you are, but as you think that you are. Now, that's not semantics or just words. There's actually a difference. In a true reflection comes an opportunity of service. And this is the part of today's podcast that I really want to emphasize. Today, there are scores and scores and scores of people that serve on the front line. And they are, of course, doctors, nurses, paramedics, physicians, assistants, and they're all in service of you and I, right? And currently, although they've got to be really tired, we're currently past 200,000 deaths with regards to the COVID-19 virus in the United States. It's a shame to think that America is a leader in deaths specific to a pandemic because of something that we haven't done. And people maybe have been asking or trying to to become aware of what that is. And I want to be very pointed about that, meaning I want to be focused attention on why we are leading um, chaotically to create something ultimately that we don't have to to continue to create. But instead of putting our focus there, I want to put our focus attention on what we can do to create something different and how to do that. And most specifically, that it's going to be done 
through this one thing, which is called becoming united. Now, it has to do with the pandemic, certainly, but it's not to do with just the pandemic, meaning we can unite because of this drama like we have in past uh, opportunities when we've been threatened as a nation, uh, think 9-11, or at war uh, with another nation. And of course, if we go back in history, we've actually been war at war within our own selves, meaning it's the Civil War. And there have been many people asking and wondering when the challenges of you know 2020 is going to come to an end, hoping that somehow it's going to slip away or that we'll return back to um, perhaps the way that things were done previously. And I'm here to tell you that that's not going to be the case, as in ever. We're never able to go back in time. We always continue going forward. Sometimes when I speak in terms of uh, individuals working in relationship, I put them on a plane, meaning uh, you and I in terms of would-be partnership. And I want everyone to understand that as we travel on that plane, that we're actually going 600 miles an hour. (laughs) And there's no time when we're in flight that we can stop the plane. That's true here in terms of our becoming aware uh, and using this opportunity of pause to go within and understand that we are all going forward. It's just a matter of how. If we're choosing to do this through a disempowered state, which is something that we, in terms of mankind, has done since the very beginning. But if we're really to use this great pause, and I keep using that term because it was given to me actually by my son, in use or honor of what this COVID-19 or pandemic is offering us, is a great pause to actually go within. And I want to credit my son for uh, sharing his spiritual wisdom with me and certainly with uh, all of us yet again. And yet it's really important as we continue to go forward, because if we don't find ourselves connected within our own selves and certainly to source and certainly with one another, we'll find that we perish quite literally. And there's a reason that we have called ourselves the United States of America, because um, there was a time that we considered um, being at one something quite important. And it's not lost. It's something that we're still working on. And it's something that we have to incorporate the world, meaning it's not merely just the United States of America. It's literally us becoming united with everybody meaning becoming at one, where there is no separation with regards to gender or race or, or uh, anything that we would use as a, as a division from one another that we would use as a, um, what would be the word, a conditioning to create ourselves separate. See, there's a part of us that has been uh, delighted to engage in a state of separation because every time that we go into a state of separation, we can point to some other party in the idea that they've hurt us or they're participating in something that would be um, uh, outside of our realm of control. But see, this is the whole point. That's why I started this whole thing with the idea that the moment that you really see, see yourself as you are, that you are enabled. And so we can't or we don't want to go to that dissected or that separate thinking that has us to be separate. That's why I made the comment that disempowerment comes as a result of choosing to see yourself not as you are, but as you think that you are. So if you've been asking the question, what's next, spiritually speaking, the key to going forward is unification. But don't be fooled. It's just going back in time to returning ourselves to what has been or hoping that, you know, the uh, year 2020 will somehow quietly slip away. Because if we do that, if we allow that, then we will have not grown. And that's individually and even as a collective group, meaning the, the whole world, right? So we don't really ever want to do that. 
We must use this time of reflection to really understand how each and every one of us co-created this, to be present in our lives. This is why the very first uh, teleconference, 60 Minutes of Truth in Uncertain Times, I spoke very strongly, the very first one, about facing our fears. This is something that we have to do. The, The coolest part of our opportunity, if I can use that term, is that we really are here, meaning you're here with me listening and participating in something that's actually super grand on so many different levels that I wonder if you really do understand in the levels in which we are participating. This beauty of the human spirit or love, the spiritual part of us that wants to connect, putting away the seemingly pieces of separation that we have through differing opinion, through uh, different life experiences, or certainly different perceptions of even of the concept of truth. But as you know, truth is truth. It's not something that can be negotiated. There's no such thing as propaganda or, quote, fake news. We use these terms as a day as a means to deceive other people. And if you're choosing to allow yourself to be deceived through the conduits, social media, even the formality of even some news networks that are not necessarily ascribing to what was traditionally uh, fact-finding and bringing forth the truth in the news. If you're allowing yourself to participate in exclusion, in the idea that you're only hearing part of the story, which is interesting because that's exactly how our minds work. So before I get too ahead of myself, I want to talk to you about a um, a story, an individual, uh, a man actually, who um, led his people out of bondage, taking them into the next step. And he was encouraged to take his people into a place that was called, uh, well, uh, abundance, or a, pl- a place that was called uh, or expressed to be uh, a land filled with milk and honey. And according to the legend, he became one with source. In essence, he became enlightened. And the only reason that he was the only one that became aware is because he was the only one that made the climb. He faced his fears, death being among them. Doesn't this sound a little bit like what we're having to address today? Some of us more so than than others. That's to be uh, granted and appreciated. Not everyone has had to actually face or visit somebody in the hospital as a result of the virus or the pandemic. And if you do, it's a very sobering experience. It takes the idea of putting a mask on or off to a completely different level that regardless of your opinion, someone's inflicted with this virus in a way that could affect their life as impermanently permanently in terms of terminally. You know, it's interesting because a lot of people, um, like the story I'm continuing to uh, recount, put their faith in a point of authority, in essence, a politician. And a politician sometimes is um, there to represent the people, supposedly. Um, That's done in the freer aspects of the world, and those other aspects of the world that aren't as free, those... um, Politicians may or may not serve the people, although they claim to. But if you look at the political process as a whole, it's really apparent, I'm being just truthful and very, very blunt, that they really don't care about you, your health, your well-being. They only care about themselves and, of course, their entitlement. What I'm saying is their job to power or the perception of power. And let me be clear with this. We, in terms of we the people, have given them that power. In essence, we become disabled. 
And again, this is nothing new. So I want to go back to the account of this particular man who's ascending the mountain, Mount Sinai. And of course, if you recognize the story, this is the story of Moses, who life was spared according to this legend. And he was offered a, a life of great wealth and opportunity and great power. And I want you to feel this because one could say that this particular person was uh, <laughs> given the opportunity of a lifetime to sit politically where he sat. And yet, through personal awareness, through, we'll call it, um, his coming to understand where his life, his power, his connection actually came from, which was beyond the physical king that he was serving, he stepped away. He stepped away from his position of power, and if you can see it for what it is, he stepped away from what he was born into, or at least that what he thought he was born into, because he was an adopted child. And so he stepped away from his mom and his dad and his family and, of course, all of his um, heritage of wealth and certainly that support to do something crazy, to lead um, his people, his people of true origin, out of slavery. And that's what you and I are still participating in, in terms of allowing ourselves to be enslaved through the choice of being disempowered. This isn't something bad. <laughs> it's nothing new. And it doesn't need to be heavy as much as that we want to be really clear in terms of what we've created. So what do we do with all this reflection? How do we take on the opportunity to become aware individually to ascend in the way that we hear or read of this uh, account or this legend of Moses uh, going up the mountain and how do we become uh, through that awareness and what do we do with that awareness? Well, if you see in terms of the story, and it's, it's perfectly described, even as Joseph Campbell might describe in his book, Hero of a Thousand Faces, where we see that the person goes to have understanding, they become um, enlightened, again, I'll use that term, and they come back, and this is the part that I'm putting focus on, that it becomes an act of service, that hero, so to speak, in this story. Moses comes back to participate with that information, sharing with the people his understanding. And this opportunity is available for you and I today. We don't need Anybody. And let me be very clear, that includes me. I'm happy to facilitate until I'm blue because I love it and I'm very uh, drawn to this choice to be connected and to share this connection with Source, of course. And I feel very honored and blessed to be a part of that connection and to fluidly describe that with you so that we can become, well, reminded of what we're actually doing here, which is in this moment of reflection <laughs> to be honoring who we really are and not just kind of. Not like, yeah, I'm just here to uh, do a day on planet Earth. We're all going forward. And so if we're going to participate individually, I think it's important before we get into um, how we can serve one another that we actually have to be reminded a little bit about who we are. I have a, an unusual opportunity, meaning what I do, I have an opportunity to see you in ways that quite often that you don't actually have the opportunity to see yourself, and especially as a group. 
So I want to offer some of those reflections in some very specific details. I'm going to change the names and some of the details so that it doesn't uh, break any of the confidence I would have with any one person. But I want to do this as a means to um, create awareness in terms of this reflection and also this empowerment so that we can become, well, in tune with who we really are. For the moment, I want you to look into my eyes. <laughs> if you've seen me in person, they're, they're nice eyes. <laughs> I'll say it that way. And if you haven't seen me in person, then go to my website. My eyes are clearly represented there. And there's something about these eyes that are able to see through what I will call the perceived points of resistance, stories, places that perhaps you're even holding yourself back in this particular moment. So as a part of this theme today in this podcast, Reflections, I want to reflect you. So I want to talk about many of you through some of these very specific stories. But then ultimately, we're going to transcend into this reflection using this empowerment to unify through service. At the moment, I can recall um, first meeting this person a very long time ago in a workshop that I was giving on the East Coast. And I had said something that was kind of amazing in the sense that the individual that I had never met before, I spoke of him and how he was uh, participating in his work environment. And it was a, um, a public forum, so I'm able to speak of that clearly here. He was amazed, amazed in a sense that uh, someone was able to, and capacitated to do that. Through time and, of course, through many sessions, I've had the lovely opportunity to get to know this particular person in a most genuine and loving way. His upbringing was a little different, meaning we could even say that his upbringing was quite caustic. He was literally... Um, well, I could use the term attacked with um, utensils, kitchen utensils, um, when it came time to eat during the family. And there was a, a comment that was made by one of his parents, which was, I made you and I can kill you. Now, be reminded this is during dinner time, so this might affect how someone might energetically feel safe, even comfortable to take in the nourishment of food, of which, of course, became an issue. But nonetheless, this individual, even in spite of those original points of extreme disempowerment coming from um, a family member, you know, a predominant family member, and of course being embraced by both parents, if you see that, even if both parents didn't say that, both parents didn't, one parent didn't necessarily correct that, it's important to see that he is actually a very beautiful boy, and I say that in terms of where he came from, and yet he has not lost that innocence, that uh, compassionate side of him. And of course, his love for his family is actually very, very special, very unique. It's interesting to see this because you wonder where someone coming from that kind of background could pull those kinds of energies or those kinds of reflections. You can't do that artificially. And so I'm saying um, as a matter of reflection that this particular person, while coming from an abusive background in many different ways, was able to transcend to actually face that fear. Now, he, like everyone else, is in process of doing that. Sometimes we're able to do that in a complete uh, snapping of the fingers and we're on our ways to do something entirely different. And sometimes it can take a minute, sometimes, sometimes years, and sometimes even a lifetime. But that is not the point. 
of this opportunity to actually see ourselves as we are. Because when we really go to the opportunity of knowing that we've come here to do something different than to regurgitate what has been extended to us beforehand in terms of a baton being handed to us in some relay race um, by moms and dads and others up the family lineage, that we've come here to break those traditions and perhaps even the structure that has supported those traditions to step forward into really being who we are. And so in this space of turning to love is something really, well, fun to take a peek at. The reason I went through this particular account, um, and this individual's father was actually a professional accountant, and um, while his dad, you know, from a business perspective, would be seen as very successful and that of holding a esteemed and professional career, it's interesting to um, see that the dad would need to resort to that kind of energetic dominance. Now. It's seen all the time. And oftentimes when we get passed that along, that's why I used the word baton earlier, if a dad passes it on to a child, and that can be a son and or a daughter, and when that's done uh, and that individual actually thinks, please hear that word again based upon what we talked about in the beginning. Remember, disempowerment comes as a result of choosing to see yourself not as you are, but as you think that you are. So if someone's referencing that thought, that got implanted perhaps by somebody else or of your own accord, that we are empowered better than or bigger than or above somebody else in terms of status. That's an interesting concept. My son had an opportunity to actually live in London for a short time. I think it was like six weeks, maybe it was eight in total, uh, participating in a film project. And his experience was interesting because he was observing things in the United Kingdom that I read about, but not necessarily felt. And he was describing how classes of people, in terms of the labor class versus the other classes, were distinguished through this baton passing, meaning through generations, and they actually identified that this thought is who they are. In today's podcast, it's not. It doesn't matter where you've been born and what conditions socially, abusively, or even of the most abundant kind. Imagine, think of the, uh, the character Moses being born into all of this wealth, all this empowerment. No one took it away. He could have remained there. It's through his conscious awareness he determined to say, you know, there's something beyond what he's doing and is politically appointed at that time based upon his belief system that this is something he was born into. And yet he denounced it. He set it aside to pursue something different. Perhaps in light of what he was shown via source in terms of his ascension. And of course, that was brought down to the people to share and to lead down this path. And this is why this opportunity of service is so important for each one of us. And yet we have to set aside (laughs) these concepts that we're somehow separate, that we are, are able to continue to go through this life and the idea that somehow I, as a human being, am different than anyone else who is listening and participating in this world today for the future, and even before I was ever born. If we're to do this in a state of empowerment, then we have to get on board to, again, who we are and who we're not. So I'd like to share with you another story about another party that I knew for many, many years. She's recently deceased, um, 
She struggled with the entirety of her life specific to her body composition, most specifically her weight. Now, to give you a little bit more of a background, she was very intelligent and extremely spiritual, uh, enlightened, if I can use that term, very, very connected from a very early age. And because of her, um, well, her affiliation to wanting to make change, she was actually very, very active in politics. And she served on many different campaigns to uh, fundraise and to raise uh, further uh, political awareness as a means to create an understanding with other kinds of people. Now, she's doing this also while creating uh, other kinds of expressions that were even more personal to her in terms of her spiritual expressions. And yet, intrinsically, she found herself very, very challenged within her own body. This is something that she confided within me more than one occasion through the many sessions and opportunities that we had to um, uh, be together in the presentations I was offering in those areas. So, if you go back in time to see that that there was something that was happening within her as she perceived it that she needed to fight against. And what I mean by that is that she needed to create a resistance to. And I want you to think of a, a castle, like an old castle where there's literally a moat around the castle, which is created to protect other people who might invade the castle. And of course, that's part of the reason that some people created castles moats, tall walls, water in the moats, uh, even perhaps um, <laughs> unkind alligators in the moats, I don't know, um, to create uh, a, a division, a separation from we, the people in the castle, to those individuals or energies that are trying to get in the castle. Now, when this individual was a child, she took on the belief that it was not safe for her to be alive. Now, that's remarkable as a reflection because she was a very passionate person, like I said, a consultant with working with AT&T or the Bell companies uh, during that time, um, very uh, well observed as a successful individual, uh, again, like I said, very spiritual and very uh, politically involved. And yet she always had this personal fight. I'll even call it a civic fight. We could even call it a civil war with regards to her own body and becoming comfortable with that. Now, I always knew her, and I say knew her way beyond her physical embodiment. And because of that, I was able to tease with her that this manifestation that her body, that she was never able in this lifetime anyway to, to gain a balance with, wasn't something that actually truly represented her true self. And that's something that a lot of people, many people struggle with, even to this moment. And it has to do with people who can't put on enough weight to people who are challenged by having uh, too much as a means to protect. And yet these reflections, these perceived identities back to the egoic self isn't something that is truly us. And it becomes a point or uh, a fulcrum of points where we choose to remain disempowered and ultimately separate. So I want to transcend beyond these couple incidences in terms of individuals having uh, grown up being reflected to in what could be described as unkind ways and appreciate that if we align ourselves in a true reflection of who we are, which is indeed empowered, when we participate as our empowered self in the act of service, <laughs> believe it or not, we become even more empowered. Now, I'm not talking about 
political service. I'm talking about, and what I mean by political service, I'm talking about true service. I'm not talking about trying to esteem one's position in terms of serving. I'm talking about service that may or may not get seen, measured, or even paid for. And those kinds of opportunities are extremely opportunistic for you. Because every time that you see a need, which takes some time to actually get involved, to to observe other things that people are going through, and to actually become involved. And we've talked about this too in terms of my previous teleconferences, but as we move forward in this podcast, I think it's really important as we reflect that if we've come here to remain connected to who we are in this very empowered state, then we do have an opportunity. It's not an obligation or even a responsibility, and it's certainly not an opportunity to remain uh, in a... Uh, higher class or perceived higher class, it's an opportunity to just be yourself in service of another. And when we do that heartfeltly, it changes our world. And guess what? It creates a unification. Have you ever been the recipient of someone else's service in a time of great need? I can think of many instances. I can think of an instance where um, we were um, moving from uh, cohabitating with my father's house, which Believe it or not, I did not know until much, much later in life that he had a drinking issue slash he was an alcoholic, meaning I would not allow myself to see that truth. I grew up with it, and it took living there with my my wife and family for a duration of time for me to actually feel that, see that, and in one sense, almost drown in that to uh, address that that was not me. And on this particular occasion, um, we finally left that energy or that household uh, to reclaim a household of our own. And yet we didn't have a lot because we were starting a new business at the particular time. And in doing so, we were um, extended this wonderful opportunity from a stranger, meaning she didn't know me. And I told her uh, reluctantly a little bit about our situation because I was concerned that we weren't able to necessarily afford um, the rent that she was charging in her uh, condominium, which was not necessarily very large for our family of four. But when I explained in somewhat cryptic detail, this very tender and loving individual who I don't know very well picked up on the hint and she said, I have some experience with that. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, once upon a time, I was actually married to an alcoholic. And with that, she made some financial concessions so that my family and I could rent her um, condominium. And that act of service, which indeed was monetary to our benefit for that duration of time, for a while, actually, because as soon as I was able to get on my feet fully and completely, I was able to pay her what she should be paid for that agreed space that we were renting. But that act of kindness, that act of love, is something that you don't forget. And when we offer that kind of compassion through words, through text, through emails, through sometimes flowers, through just having thoughts or even prayers for one another, it has an effect. If it took this, I would get down on my knees to um, honor every individual that is extended that in behalf of myself and certainly my family tree and many, many others. And yet we have that opportunity, you and I, right in this moment, to take this empowerment, this choice to be empowered, to know, meaning what a blessing it is to have this awareness in this particular time. It would be very scary to be without it. I know of one individual who made a comment um, with regards to the pandemic and what, what was happening in the, uh, the crisis within the financial markets. 
and he's a financial uh, consultant in the West Coast, and he made the comment that it would be very difficult not to have um, some kind of understanding as to the things that were happening. In essence, that he has an education and an experience to why the markets were behaving, I'll say, erratically, even not, not even drastically. And there's more more of that likely to come. But what I'm trying to share is that our connection in this time of great pause to become aware through this reflection of truly who we are, and as we are doing that, which means that you don't have to be in a perfect state, that we can be literally of service to one another. Take a moment right now to think of somebody, perhaps many people that you know, and reach out to them compassionately with love. How are you doing? What's happening in your world? There are many people that are uh, locked up in some pretty confining areas, geographically speaking, and even the areas in that they uh, cohabitate are quite limiting, and that's even in the United States. If you go outside of that, it can become even more, well, challenging to actually comprehend. Many of you have traveled internationally, and so you can understand what it would be like to be in another country in some of the conditions that, quote-unquote, you visited, and yet... These individuals all collectively need our help. And as we extend this hope or this kindness or ultimately this love to one another, this kind of reflection is not just a ripple. It's a tsunami in terms of what it does in terms of helping um, this place take us forward. And of course, it takes us out of the perils of uh, current economic challenges and or pandemics and a whole lot more. This unification is not necessarily just for the benefit of our coming together to um, have to. Sometimes I guess we feel like this in terms of our family obligations, right? Where we grow up as a member of the family and we are supposed to participate in honor of the brand, the last name, um, you know, Jolly Brand, as this is a, a product of who we are. And this is to be appreciated to a certain degree. But if we do this in the idea that this is what we're supposed to do or have to do, it's very different then if we do this in service of one another within the family, then we as a family, and I'm speaking of our family, everyone is having earshot of my voice, we can participate as a collective to quite literally move this place. And this movement is done through the leverage of our being connected to something much, much greater and using this awareness to share with those who want invitationally to be uh, aware of something that perhaps they haven't been. And it can be done in the most simple of ways. And that's all I wanted to bring to your attention today with this podcast in terms of reflecting something. That as you reflect kindness, love, and true heart, compassion for one another, in spite of what they have been through, or perhaps you can truly understand where they've come from, like the landlord that offered us a helping hand based upon her experience with um, participating with an act of alcoholism. I mean, who would know that? But she shared it, and as a result of that, we had a point in common. And it was a dramatic point of common, but it was an opportunity for us to go beyond that and to help one another. And to some degree, I feel uh, very, shall we say, delighted to share with anyone that opportunity to go beyond um, those kinds of places that perhaps you have felt previously or were told or socially conditioned that you couldn't or you can't. Of course, you can this is that opportunity. Feel the nature of your empowerment <laughs> and really allow this love that is you reflected in everything that you do and everything that you say. Of course, not perfectly, but consistently as you would so choose it. For us to make true connections, we have to engage. 
I really want to hear your comments, so please leave a review at westonjolly.com forward slash review, or go to iTunes and give me your thoughts there. This helps our connection, and it's a tremendous help to others too. Everything we do is designed to offer you a deeper spiritual connection within. You can also make a personal appointment with me, Weston Jolly, right now by going to westonjolly.com. Also, check out my current events, books, and other products. Also, my free newsletter. Thank you for joining me, Weston Jolly, for my podcast, True Connections.